Happy Friday, everyone. Kylan Mills and I have your Friday Night Live action next. We're going to recap a day of insanity for the Golden State Warriors. Let's get to it. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Kylan Mills is guaranteed to at least read your content. If you engage with her on social media, I guess she shouldn't guarantee that. But uh, you can follow <laughs> Kylan Mills on, on uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, uh on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Kylan, it is great to see you. Um, I'm do my throat is legit coarse from all the stuff I did yesterday. I'm exhausted. I would love for you to take over and share with the world your thoughts on the Warriors trading for for Chris Paul. And I guess we can save the draft picks later. Let's start with Chris Paul. What are your what are, what's your reaction to that? Great to see you. Good to see you, Cyrus. There's so much to break down. This is honestly just like, I don't even know. Yesterday was such a blockbuster day for the Warriors. My head is spinning because going into draft day, based on the inactivity, you and I both talked about the Warriors being lame ducks. Would that be the right phrasing? Lame ducks, sitting ducks? I don't know. Whatever the phrase is. <laughs> sitting uh, ducks. Not, I think sitting ducks. Yeah. Sitting ducks? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, sorry. I'm still waiting to hear what you're referring to, but I'm guessing sitting ducks. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah. No, I just... I. I I was under the impression, or at least like just based on their lack of activity, it, it seemed like it wasn't a good sign. There wasn't going to be a lot of movement for the Warriors. Uh, the Jordan Poole-Chris Paul trade is not one that I had on my bingo card. I don't know about you, but that definitely caught me by surprise. And you and I here on the show have been looking at all different types of players and contracts that would be comparable with the Jordan Poole trade. To me, Poole going somewhere wasn't entirely a huge shock. It would have definitely not been a shock had Mike Dunleavy Jr. not said two days ago that Jordan Poole is going to be staying with the organization for the next couple of years and that they had four no years, plans to years. part with him anytime soon. Four years. Yeah. So I just yeah. want to keep that in mind for folks. Like that's still kind of mind boggling to me that Dunleavy Jr. in his like first official press conference as GM was very adamant that the Warriors weren't going to let go of Jordan Poole. And then two days later, see ya. Bye, Jordan. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, there you have crazy. it. Um, so that's yeah. that's the only reason why I was a little surprised is just because we just heard Dunleavy like say the opposite of what happened. Um, and then I was surprised the Warriors made a move for Chris Ball. Like based on all the players and contracts who were comparable, like that's not one that I had circled. Um, positives of Chris Paul in terms of on the basketball court. Uh, to me, it's going to be a major upgrade in terms of that late game execution that Jordan Poole has had problems with. Yeah. Um, now, you know, you're looking at a reliable point guard. He's not a backup point guard, that is, who can play behind Steph, that isn't a high turnover guy and who does have the experience, the veteran leadership and can close out games versus Jordan Poole. We saw throughout the season struggled in late game situations, turnovers, sloppy play, bad shot selection. It, it was a big crutch for the Warriors because he continually played late in games and continually seemed to just make bad decisions. Um, so you're bringing in a player to me that I feel like come April, come May of next year, 
in some of those crunch situations, you're going to see an upgrade from Jordan Poole. Now, that also comes with the negative, and the big negative is simply the age. Now, mm -hmm. Chris Paul just turned 38 years old. I, I mean, how much does he have left in the tank at this point? And not saying anything against him, it's just 38 years old. Like, you're coming towards the end of your career here. So that's the one downside, or the biggest downside to me of this trade is the fact that you're giving up a young, talented player in Jordan Poole, who I still believe in can make it in this league. That's one thing that I know some fans are split about. Um, he certainly had some flaws. It, they were exposed quite a bit this past season in terms of some of the turnovers, decision-making I just mentioned, shot selection, you know, a, a lot of different factors. But I still think he's a player that does have a high upside and still has opportunity to grow within the league. He's 23 years old um, and still could potentially become a star. And, and we've already seen him put up big numbers. What, what were his final averages this year? So I, I don't remember, but he, he averages well over 20 points a game. Who, Jordan um, yeah. Yeah, correct. Twenty. It was like 20.4, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Over 20 points a game. Um, so he's a player who could score the basketball. And at his peak, we could see him, um, you know, be able to score in a lot of different ways, similar to his staff. When JP3 is on, hitting three-pointers, getting to the basket, using his explosive step, he was really fun to watch. The problem was the bad defense and then also the late-game execution for me. But he's a player that, to me, like, I just don't enjoy seeing the Warriors ship off and give up on because I still think he could have a bright future. And we're looking at a Warriors organization that's trying to build a little bit for the future while also trying to win a title now, which is some of the struggles they dealt with this past season. We're trying to find that balance and strike that balance between chasing a current championship, but also not leaving this team in total rebuild mode once Steph, Clay, and Dre retire, because that day isn't that far off. Where does that leave the Warriors? Who are the young, talented guys that you're molding on your roster right now? And to me, the writing initially was on the wall when we saw Jordan Poole make this huge jump two seasons ago that he was a guy they were going to hold on to and that mm -hmm. could really be a key part in the future of this organization. Um, you know, so that's the thing. The only thing to me is, you know, where does this leave the Warriors two years, three years, four years down the line? I don't know that they're better off, but I do see next year this making a lot of sense. And there's also the money factor. To me, this move, in addition to the PBJ being shipped out in exchange for the draft pick that turned into Trace Jackson Davis, that was a money move. These are both money moves. Now, can you explain a little bit more about what the savings would be with Chris Paul? Because I, we were just talking before we went on about how that would work out based on his contract, the fact that he's non-guaranteed. And then Jordan Poole, we know, still had a couple of years and, and you know, big dollar amounts coming his way. So do you know a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, I want to first uh, agree with Chris Alito uh, Villanueva, who says uh, Chris Paul setting up a pick and roll with Kaminga is way better than Jordan Poole just shooting from half court. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's one of the many positives of Chris Paul coming here is. Um, first of all, it's weird. He's never in his entire NBA career come off the bench. Uh, props to Connell Turno for pointing that stat out. That means like even his rookie year from the beginning until now, he has never not one game has he come off the bench in a very long career. So that part's kind of weird. I'm curious to know if he's going to be okay assimilating to that to that. But I love the fact that you now have a future Hall of Famer anchoring your, your second unit, provided he's okay with that, leading these young players. Uh, the money saved, um, <clears throat> honestly, they didn't really think about that in terms of Patrick Baldwin Jr. being traded uh, for uh, for Trace uh, Jackson Davis. Um, how much money do they save? It's, it's, I mean, it's like a million? Is it like so they also the actual salary difference was somewhere? So Trace Jackson Davis is expected to be signed to close to like what the minimum is, which is one million dollars. 
um, and PBJ was on, would have been getting 2.3 million. So at face value, the salary amount around 1.23, somewhere in that range doesn't look like a lot, but it results in $10 million in luxury tax. And that's the problem is that the Warriors are so far into the luxury tax that every $1 million, now I say $1 million is a lot, but I'm talking in terms of the grand scheme of NBA team salary. So, you know, take that as you will, but it's the salary tax that's adding up for the Warriors right now. And every $1 million is times 10 because of just how far into the tax and how big the Warriors salary is in terms of the entire team. So that's where a little can go a long way in cutting that budget. And that also is going to have some long-term implications when the Warriors start to have these discussions about trying to re-sign Draymond Green. And then you also look at Clay Thompson, um, what his future might hold after his contract is up after another year. So that's the predicament the Warriors are in, trying to keep any of these the talented players they have, trying to re-sign the core if they were to extend them a little bit longer uh, until those guys are ready to retire. They're going to have to come up with the money somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so even that, you know, difference in salary between those two guys results in $10 million of tax savings. You're right. That is correct. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to explain uh, to everyone why the Chris Paul move is actually a, a considerable positive. And what, look, I never thought of the PBJ trade as a, a cost saving measure. I mean, I don't doubt that you're correct that they're, you know, that, that maybe that played a part, but there is a bigger thing at play here. And it took me until this morning to wake up and it just kind of like hit me. Uh, why the Warriors traded not just Patrick Baldwin Jr., but Ryan Rollins. I mean, they, yeah. they basically wiped out their entire draft from a year ago. Guy Santos, the only player remaining. Uh, but there is a good reason for that. It actually is a positive. I'm going to explain all that, uh, the money saving, and we'll, we'll delve into so much more after we give some love uh, to a men's clothing brand called Bird Dogs. Uh, it's all about comfort and style, a combination with Bird Dogs. I love their shorts. That's what I'm. That's what I'm styling. Uh, and again, it's all about being comfortable. So you know, we came out of a pandemic where all of us suddenly got used to wearing pajamas, um, and and now we're supposed to wear regular clothes again. Well, Bird Dogs lets you maintain that comfort, but not look like a total bum when you're walking down the streets. You can look good and feel good. Uh, and they also include this awesome tumbler. Uh, it's a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. So go to birddogs.com/slash/locked-on-nba for that free Yeti style. Tumblr and to order clothes that again look good, but maybe more importantly, makes you feel good. It's super comfortable. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. It's where we announce the times of our shows we have coming up as a guest. Uh, next week, I'm actually going to have someone on the show. I forgot his name. I'm feeling really bad about it. But who, uh, <laughs> Cyrus. Is, is, I, well, I just booked this. I don't know. I, I feel bad. I got. If I look it up, I'll get it. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now actually because I feel awful. But he's he's the closest thing to an expert on Brandon Pajemski because I want someone on the show. His name is Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you to me and you, Kylan, for pushing me to do that. Uh, Spencer McLaughlin will be on the show next week. Uh, he's a former uh, uh, broadcaster for Santa Clara. Um, he covers college athletics. He's watched Brandon more than most, maybe more than everyone who has been involved as a coach. Because um, the Santa Clara Broncos don't have like a beat reporter. They don't have anyone who covers the team extensively. So Spencer's going to come on next week. 
maybe for a segment, maybe for a whole show to uh, tell us what the Warriors are getting in Brandon Pajemski. Now, and again, first of all, follow Colin Mills on all social media platforms at Colin Mills. Super easy. Here's the positives of Chris Paul. Um, they don't they don't save money this year. He's going to make uh, more than what Paul made. So you're actually paying more this year, but you're saving approximately $100 million over the next three years, um, which is a lot of money. I mean, Jordan Poole's contract was egregious. Four years, $127 million. It's either $123 or $27. I always forgot. That's a lot of money that the Warriors just got away from. And now that's the Wizards' problem. Um, so, so you don't have to worry about the money after this year. But <clears throat> what Chris Paul gives you, besides the fact that He's the backup point guard Steve Kerr has wanted for years. The Warriors, for some weird reason, have been pursuing like veteran older uh, point guards over the over the past two, three years, whether it was Gordon Drogic, whether it was Patty Mills, whether it was Patrick Beverly. Uh, and they they struck out every time. They, they couldn't get that, that old school uh, point guard. They finally got it. Now, why Kerr wants this so bad, we'll find out. Um, why Chris Paul was targeted, given he's never played in an offense that even closely resembles what Steve Kerr runs with the motion. He is an old school pick and roll point guard. I don't, I mean, so I guess Steve Kerr can suck it up. I have no idea how that's going to work out, but regardless, he fits that role. So, so if you have faith in Steve Kerr, roll with this because this is who Steve Kerr wants. Um, he gives you defense. He gives you mid range shooting, which is, which the team has sorely lacked. That was in fact, one of the biggest things Clay Thompson regressed in this year while he led the NBA in three pointers made he was also horrible in terms of two-point field goals, in terms of close-range shots. Chris Paul is incredibly efficient uh, as a mid-range shooter, so you get that. But here's maybe what's most important. The Warriors are officially all-in, and I'm not breaking any news saying that, right? They're, they're officially going to go for a fifth title in 10 years this upcoming season. What Chris Paul can do for you is recruit free agents. That like He is a very popular figure in the NBA. If Chris Paul is what gets you... Uh, you know, big star players, maybe not stars, but at least very valuable players um, who maybe might make more somewhere else because the Warriors don't even have the mid-level anymore. Um, he might be a difference maker there. The other huge perk we talked about uh, before we started recording, Kylan, uh, Chris Paul's salary next season, uh, which is a team option for $30 million, and, and And our friend Larry Kruger uh, was the first to point this out, which is very true. If the Warriors decide they want another key asset next year, they can opt into Chris Paul's $30 million contract and then trade him to get an asset back because he's an expiring deal. Um, and that's suddenly a move that you did not previously have next season that now you have. And if you decide you want to move on, you just don't sign that option and it's over. That's 30 mil. Um, so that primarily is the reasoning for Chris Paul. Uh, I kind of like it. Uh, there was a report today that came out that the Warriors were also talking with the Celtics which I imagine was was a trade that would have involved Marcus Smart. I would have much preferred Marcus Smart. I that that actually killed me hearing that because he's you're you're younger, you're getting a better defender. Uh, you you might be getting the next Draymond because they're both very similar in their defensive intensity. Um, you know, but Chris Paul is who who they get. Doesn't answer the size issue, uh, but at least you know they now have a veteran who can score, who can lead the second unit, um, and who hopefully can help them get other veterans. Now to, to to come on board. Um, before we move on from Chris Paul, any last thoughts, Kylan, or anything you want to add? I mean, here, like I said, I think that Chris Paul could help majorly in the short term when you look at this upcoming season specifically. I mean, I stand by what I said that I feel like having him as your backup point 
uh, could pay dividends come the postseason, come those crunch time situations. Uh, Chris Paul is top 20 all time in fourth quarter points amongst NBA players. Yeah, I looked that up uh, yesterday because it's, it's something sad. that stuck out to me is that he yeah. is pretty efficient in the fourth quarter. And that's where I feel like, to me, the upgrade stands out because we saw Jordan Poole fall apart late in games so often this past season. He's young. He's still gaining some maturity. I'm not trying to knock him for that, but I'm just saying that's one of his downfalls and one of his struggles. And now you're looking at bringing in that experienced veteran who the team can look to and can step up um, in fourth quarter situations. And a lot of the Warriors' losses this last season were lost in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. lost in those late game situations. So, you know, you turn around a couple more of those wins, he could be an impact player. I guess I'm just curious to see how this plays out for the Warriors long-term because to me, it just seems like there still is an issue with developing young talent. I'm glad that it appears Jonathan Kaminga is staying around. Um, I'm really happy about that because he's another young player that I think that could, you know, really develop here. But I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. Like you said, they shipped off their entire draft class from last season. Jordan Poole is this young player that Warriors seem to be really invested in. He's gone last season. James Wiseman, another player that Bob Myers preached, we really believe in. We're developing him. We believe he can be the future. He's gone. So I guess that's the only other thing to me. The Paul trade just leaves a little bit of question marks after seeing Jordan Poole leave. I don't hate trading Jordan Poole by any means, but it just felt like, you know, a lot of these young players have come and gone and, you know, where does that leave the Warriors? A couple other players, uh, I'm trying to remember, you know, who they drafted and dished very quickly as well. Like, uh, what's his name, Smiley, Alan Smilajic or whatever. You know, it's Eric like, Pascal. I don't know. I, yes, yep. exactly, Eric Pascal. Uh, so I look back Pascal. at a couple of Pascal, a couple of, <laughs> of these draft picks recently. Well, dude, he was here so quickly. Like, he was here and gone. Um, so, you know, I guess it's just I would like to see the Warriors really try to invest in developing these young players. I'm glad they haven't given up on Jonathan Kaminga, but he's going to need playing time. He's going to need, you know, some coaching and same with Moses Moody. So I hope we see some changes in terms of Steve Kerr's approach, in addition to these two rookies who've now been added to the mix that we actually get to see them play and make an impact. And that's something that we heard from Mike Dunleavy Jr. is that. These are going to be guys in the rotation. Um, he, you know, unlike Ryan Rollins, who was pretty much relegated to the G League this season, Trace Jackson Davis is expected to be on that 15-man roster and to be a big uh, factor in it as well, like actually being involved. Like that's one really huge thing. I know we're about to get into them, so I guess I'll leave you right into it. But, you know, that's one big thing that I took away from Dunleavy uh, speaking was that these guys are going to have a chance to play. At least that's yeah. what I mean. It sounds sorry. So you can go ahead and take. Oh, you mean the you mean the rookies the, playing? The rookies, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, when we come back, uh, yeah. When we come back, we'll we'll delve into that. I want to say one last point on Chris Paul in terms of a positive for him being on the Warriors. Um, okay. There was a very strong possibility that the Warriors were going to trade uh, a Jordan Poole for nothing um, and just shed that salary. Like like that possibility really existed. So. Just the fact that they got an asset back and just the fact that they are focused on winning a title this year um, is a positive. And, and again, whether or not you like the addition of Chris Paul remains to be seen. Um, I'm going to play this soundbite, though, uh, from Mike Dunleavy Jr. Then we'll take a break and then come back and talk about these rookies. Uh, because because you're right. Uh, on one hand, <clears throat> I thought I thought I heard something, too, about Dunleavy saying that the rookies were going to come in and play right away. But then we have this soundbite uh, from Mike Dunleavy. This was uh, last night uh, in a brief press conference following the draft. Having been around the league a long time and take it for personal experience, I, I would never draft anybody expecting them to play right away. I, I just think coming in to, as a rookie in the NBA, there's too many challenges. There's too much going on. If you can find a way to play, great. It's gravy on top. But 
I really don't, I don't care if you're 19, 21, 25, there's an amazing adjustment that, that has to take place. Everybody does it at their own speed. So um, we're gonna bring these guys along, we're gonna develop them. If they can play right away, great. But as far as, we, as, far as we're concerned, you know, no expectation um, in year one. It's just, it's unrealistic. And you know, if they do end up playing well, then it's, you know, it's a bonus. What do you see Brandon's uh, developmental path with the Warriors? Do you see him as a guy that might be able to rely on him for 10 minutes on a night? Yeah, I think um, as far as his path goes, like I said before, I mean, I think you got to always temper expectations for rookies coming in. But this dude is so competitive. He's got so much fire that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell him short on what he can do. Um, you know, come up and tell him, don't plan on playing much your rookie year. He, I know he's going to challenge me and anybody else who would say that. So um, I'm looking forward to watching him and seeing how he grows. But um, he's got a really high skill level. And when you have a really high skill level, willingness to compete, toughness, you got a chance. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those comments because, but, and those comments are important. Uh, you know, I, I, I do agree with him that I don't think outside of maybe uh, Trace Jackson Davis, just because he's 23, he played four years in college, I could say, and his skill set is something that isn't overly complicated to advance and, and apply to the modern game. Um, so maybe we might see him. Pajemski might be more of a, a, a long term. Uh, type player um but regardless we'll talk about that as so much more because i got a couple uh ad clients here sponsors here to to give love to and the first one is game time kylan was the last time you went to a concert do you remember because it's been a long time for me do you remember when Dude, the last it's time it's been like? forever and actually charlie and i were just looking at wanting to go to a concert we're doing a trip back to chicago in the summer and we were trying to find one to go to maybe alicia keys alicia keys is going to be in town when we're there She's a great singer. I mean, I like some of her songs. Anyway, so it's been a long time. Yeah. I'm trying to go this summer. So tell me how to get tickets, Cyrus. Well, good luck with that. And and look, it is summer. It's concert season. You might also want to go to a baseball game. Uh, you might want to go to uh, the theater. I mean, that's that's year round. Whatever it is. Uh, and you don't and you want to buy these tickets last minute. You don't feel like planning months in advance. Game time is the app for you. It's all about finding tickets last minute. And one of the best parts is they offer a low price guarantee, meaning if you buy a ticket and then you find another ticket in the same row, in the same section for less, they will credit you 110% of the difference. That is literally a low price guarantee. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Oh, we have another sponsor, and that's Prize Picks. A two, well, well, we're rolling in sponsors today. <laughs> Prize Picks is super fun, in my humble opinion, for the simple reason that you're betting all about overs and unders and on individuals. It's legal in California. Kylan, is, is the World Cup coming up, by the way? Because I'm seeing all this hype, but I'm so out of touch with, with a lot of current events. Like, is the World Cup? Upcoming? Yes, Cyrus, Cyrus. Good thing you have me. I'm the soccer yeah. guru here. Yes, yes the World Cup. The Women's World Cup is starting in late July. I believe day one is July 20th. But yes, it'll be played from mid to late July through mid to late August. Okay, because I keep seeing that Adidas commercial like every five minutes of uh, you know, of, of Patrick Mahomes and, and the basketball players, football players. And I keep going like, why is this running every two seconds? All right. So the world cup is coming up. You can bet on the world cup and individuals there as well. That's the whole reason why I asked. So if you're a soccer aficionado, if you're a baseball aficionado, whatever the sport is, prize picks is where you could have a ton of fun. You can win a lot of money. 
two to six players, you're betting over unders, and you can win a ton of cash. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks if you use the promo code locked on. Whatever money you put in, up to a hundred dollars, they will match it. So you're playing with double. Uh, what you put in, but don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day, you can follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms at Kylan Mills as we wrap the show up. All right. So here's what I'm seeing with, with the draft. And because you're right, the Warriors move on from draft picks fast, right? We, we Patrick Baldwin Jr., nice Nonia for a year. Ryan Rollins, nice Nonia. James Wiseman, nice Nonia. Uh, Eric Pascal, nice Nonia. Nico Mannion. I mean, the list goes on and on. They, they move on very fast. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like they're experts at breaking up with people. They're, they're good at it. Um, but in this case, what I'm seeing with these decisions is that they're, they're going absolutely all in. And what they're essentially doing with with trading their their rookies from a year ago is replacing them with veterans they have yet to sign to fill out the roster. What I mean by that is if they had kept Patrick Baldwin Jr., they kept Ryan Rollins, these are two players that you would have been counting on as your bench. And these are young, unproven players. By moving on from them, by, by drafting two brand new rookies, you no longer feel any obligation to rely on them um you're you're not going to get complaining from them um they're going to be just sitting there studious understanding that they're rookies and that playing time does not typically go to rookies unless your name is keegan murray or christian brown or a lot of other players i mean some rookies do play but uh regardless uh that's 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 the reality of it so the warriors are all in um again next week uh i want to get more into one of the rookies uh pajemski brandon pajemski what was your thoughts on that kylan like did you like that pick I wasn't like blown away. I mean, Dunleavy loves him. Your your thoughts on Brandon Pajemski? Uh, I thought it was an interesting pick. I mean, I, I like Pajemski. He played well for Santa Clara, and we've seen successful players come out of Santa Clara. Hint, hint, Jalen Williams. So, you know, don't <laughs> knock the West Coast Conference or, or playing in, in the mid-major level uh, first. So just want to throw that out there. Um, but, I mean, I like him. He's a good player. He's a good shooter. Uh I just I don't know that he like super excited me in terms of like being able to impact the Warriors right now. And I know that's something that you also mentioned a minute ago, Cyrus. So like I'm kind of on the same page about that. But uh, I will say what stood out to me about Pajemski was actually his comments after being drafted. I don't know if you heard any of that or played that on the show last night, Cyrus, but Mm-mm. that he said afterwards that he sees himself being a triple double guy in the NBA because he can rebound. He can be a playmaker. He can hit shots. Um, and he sounded very confident, very fired up and super competitive. And the other thing is that he did work out with the Warriors back on May 31st and he impressed the entire front office, the coaching staff with what he showed in the gym. So you got to believe they saw something special, uh, in that workout situation. Um, so, you know, like I, I don't, hate it. He did. I, I don't hate st- it. I don't love it. Uh, I, like I said, I thought his comments were pretty strong, but Hey, I, you know, you like a little bit of fire and confidence out of a young rookie. Like I don't mind him having a little bit of swag. Uh, like I said, it just didn't, it didn't. It didn't blow you away. Yeah. It didn't blow me away. It didn't really move the needle for me. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Yeah. Know? And, and that's, and I guess that's, a, I think what, why a lot of people, but certainly myself included are frustrated is that it's been a while 
since the Warriors have made a draft pick where you're just happy with it, where it's not like a mm-hmm. what? Like you're like like there's a lot of head scratchers with these draft picks uh lately. And I do think he was one, especially given Cam Whitmore, who was projected to go in the top 10, um, was available at 19. I mean, this was this would have been a bigger player. Uh, regardless of who the player is, you're not playing them much in year one. So down the yeah. road, I, I, you know, but look, Dunleavy reportedly had uh, Pajemski number 11 on his draft board. So so regardless of what would have happened, Pajemski was the pick. Uh, whether you agree with the, the fact that he was so dead set on that, given that Cam Whitmore was not projected to slip that far down, uh, remains to be seen. But but here it is. Now, I was ready to give up on the Warriors yesterday. I Because initially I was like, Chris Paul, eh. You know, Brandon Pajemski, eh. But then at the end of the draft, they they pull off a, a late minute, last minute uh, trade where apparently you can still trade cash. I thought the new CBA prevented that, but maybe that's not taking effect until next year. I don't know. This whole thing's confusing. But uh, they traded with the Washington Wizards, the same team they traded Jordan Poole to. Uh, th- they gave him cash for the 57th pick in the draft because of this kid, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, now, I, I've, I've a couple of friends who actually went to uh, Indiana University who are junkies when it comes to college basketball and their Hoosiers. Months ago, I was hearing about Trace Jackson Davis. Months ago, I was I've been hearing about this guy for a long time. Uh, Jalen Hutchifino, for example, who was drafted ahead of him, also a player at Indiana. Um, he's who I went with for the Locked On Warriors mock draft. Yeah. Um, was was the, like like he didn't Hutchifino did not excite my Hoosier friends the way Jackson Davis did. He's Dale Davis's son. I, I for anyone old enough to remember watching Dale Davis, that dude was a beast of an NBA player. If his son has any of that progeny, that alone is huge. I'm stoked on it. Whether or not we see him this year, he is he is uh in terms of positions, a small ball five. Um, solid rebounder. He he led uh, uh, the conference last year in block shots. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, so he plays defense. Tough-minded kid. Got a chip on his shoulder, as evident by that tweet saying y'all are going to regret this because he kept falling down uh, in the draft. So that was salvation, in my opinion, for the Golden State Warriors. This guy could be the next Draymond Green. He could also be the next Eric Pascal. Who knows? But what are your thoughts? I love it. What are your thoughts, uh, Kylan, on uh, Jackson Davis? Trace Jackson Davis, more specifically. Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana was a steal for the Warriors to get him at 47 late second round. Like I think his skill set is much higher than that. His projections were higher. I mean, he fell much lower than he was expected to in the draft. So to me, that's a good pickup for the Warriors. Um, I think it's an interesting trade-off, but we've given up PBJ and bringing up Trace Jackson Davis. That's one of kind of the first questions I asked myself is, well, what are they trading off? Uh, you know, and obviously PBJ also is tall, but he's thin. He's not quite as developed. He's got that really smooth jumper, great looking shot. But I think that he also has some durability concerns and PBJ needed more developing. To me, Trace Jackson Davis, because he did play four years at Indiana, he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more polished. He's just a player who's more NBA ready. He's really strong. He's athletic. He's got some moves, scores most of his points in the paint, is a high-level athlete, and I think he's a player who's just more ready um, than some of the rookies the Warriors brought in last year. I mean, it's crazy looking at, like, Ryan Rollins in the second round compared to – TJD, uh, I just think that Trace is much more ready to, to possibly be an impact or make an impact to see some playing time. Now, 
you know, I agree with what Dunleavy said that I don't think you can ever expect a young player to come in and play right away, you know, make an impact right away. But one thing that was reported in terms of uh, Trace Jackson Davis dropping lower in the draft is that he was a player the Warriors were pursuing and were trying to get behind the scenes to fall farther in the draft and maybe making some calls. That's what was reported in The Athletic. And one thing that at least it was said, drew Trace Jackson Davis to the Warriors was the fact that they were telling him, like, you're going to be on the 15-man roster and you're going to have a chance to compete. Not like guaranteeing him playing time or anything, but, you know, you are going to have a chance to be in the mix, um, which isn't always the case for late second rounders. Um, so, you know, that that's where that report came from and me saying that earlier, that, you know, supposedly there, there were comments. And I think Dunleavy did say at one point that, you know – there's an opportunity for young guys to play in some way, shape or form. Um, But this is, I think a good pickup. I like a lot about his game. I think it is a better fit for the Warriors compared to PBJ in terms of just NBA readiness. Some of the size athleticism post presence Uh, trace Jackson Davis is, is a player with rim protector potential. Like I said, strong post game and the Warriors are thin in the front court flat Mm -hmm. out. Um, So, you know, would he be able to come in and, and play some minutes in the second unit right away? We'll have to see, but I, I'm excited to see the potential because I do think he is a little bit more polished and the Warriors can use some strength and size. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Oh my God, yeah. I want to really quickly before we uh, finish up the show and talk about what's next to the Warriors, I want to play the soundbite from uh, Jackson Davis uh, upon learning that two of his teammates are now following him on social media. Um, I I haven't really. Um, I saw that Steph followed me on uh, Instagram, so that was really cool. But uh, other than that, not really, but um, I can't wait to meet him and I uh, can't wait to get started with the process. Absolutely. And that's just the perk of being on the Golden State Warriors. Suddenly, Stephen Curry is your teammate. I can't even imagine what that's about. Um, look, so th- the bottom line right now is w- with with the draft over, um, with the Chris Paul trade, uh, there's a lot still remaining. Like this is far from the finished product that we're going to see next year. Because if this, in fact, is yeah. the product, uh, I mean, Draymond Green is not even signed yet. Um, but did you did you see what he uh, wrote? He did. There was a there, an Instagram story where a player from Michigan State uh, posted. Uh, I don't know what it was, but he wrote on there that Draymond it deserves a hundred million dollars, or if not more, uh, easily. And Draymond <laughs> added a comment to that with some like prayer symbols and and fingers crossed. Um, I mean, if he's looking for a hundred million, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, making faces. You see I'm making faces about that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but the bottom line is he, so here's what i'm hearing and do not take this as fact do not aggregate this um this is purely speculative but there is still a very strong possibility jonathan Kaminga gets traded um i don't know how very secure, possible they yeah, very possible i i i uh, i don't know how secure in all honesty clay thompson is maybe he's super secure um maybe the team gets bold and includes him in a trade i don't know um but there are moves that are still going to come down the pipe here. I, I have no idea what that move is. I don't know who they're looking for. Um, in fact, there was, I want to play one last soundbite. Uh, this was from Dunleavy Jr. again. And this was reassuring because until I heard this, um, I had heard that Dunleavy Jr. was actually not really going to emphasize size. And I was I was freaking out over that. Uh, but then I see this comment. And even though it's hard to trust Dunleavy Jr., uh, given he also said Jordan Poole was going to be with the Warriors the next four years. Here he is talking about the Warriors' uh, need for size. Free agency is coming quick. Um, you guys are making 
pretty substantial changes to the roster, it seems. Um, what? How do you just kind of view the to-do list over the next 14 days? Like, what's the priority? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a good spot with roster spots, first and foremost. I think you always got to be mindful of those. And, um, you know, may, maybe heading into this week, you know, there was some – there was some concern about not enough or overloading. So I always want to have a few bullets in free agency. All we're, all we're going to be able to have is minimums. So we got to work with that. But, you know, we're looking to add veteran players that can fit into our rotation. I think I mentioned the other day, shooting, shooting is always a premium. Two-way play, always a premium. And then, you know, I think, I think it's obvious that we need to add some size. So some size and skill, specifically shooting, um, I think would, would go a long way and complement our front court. They need size desperately uh, desperately yeah. Kylan you've been saying this for a long time and I wholeheartedly agree with you this team needs size so there's still the moves that are going to be made we just have to wait and see what what those moves are um any final thoughts Kylan as we wrap it up oh real, real quick uh, uh do you want me to go to the star chats or do you want to do you want to give your final thoughts first I don't care but either way I'm final sure thoughts we got to wrap it up here Cy. Uh, <laughs> my right, only right. thought my only thought is just that yeah there's a lot yet to be determined we can talk about it monday but they're gonna have to get moving in free agency because they do still need size there's no questions there absolutely uh real quick nick j uh writes uh in regard to to spending cash for that in trading that for the 57th pick uh nick j writes that takes effect next year but then why can't the Warriors spend the mid-level exception? That's why I'm a little confused here. You know I mean? So I, I don't know what takes effect next year, what takes effect this year. They haven't even released the CBA to teams yet. The official one It's like, it's going to be, be like a book. Um, so I, that's, that's the part that confuses me. Uh, Ray Lang writes, nobody's talking about Wiggins. I don't know what there is to say. I mean, we love him. He's expected to be the number two player on this team next year. Uh, if you want to add anything else, being add traded. It. If that's yeah. what you're saying, why aren't we talking about him? He's not on the block. No. Dude, he makes his salary is so friendly. He's arguably the second best player on this Took team. Took a pay cut You're... to resign to sign with the Warriors, by the way. What, say that again. Sorry. He took a pay cut to sign yes, with the Warriors. Exactly. So exactly. Um, Jeff Porter writes, uh, "Am I all right? Because I left Larry Kruger's show last night. I was just exhausted. He knew I had to leave early. Uh, don't read anything into that." Uh, William Hur writes, "How many roster spots do the Warriors have left? My math says four. Uh, but again." The, not an important thing to focus on right now because players can still get traded. Um, there's still a lot of moves to be made before we, we find. Is that correct, Kylan? I think it's four. I don't know if you know more than me on that. Uh, yeah, I think so. And then lastly, and then we're out of here. Um, Niners Warriors. Uh, for those of you that thought that Jonathan Kaminga grew to seven feet, two inches, that was a joke. Uh, Dude, like Kendrick Perkins saying that on TV, I was dying. <laughs> So Jonathan like Kaminga, Kaminga, now that he grew to seven foot two, he did not grow seven foot two. He might have grown like an inch. Maybe he maybe grew an inch. I don't know, but he did not grow anything substantial. Late well. bloomer from six, whatever he is, <laughs> to seven two. Yeah, right. <laughs> over the summer, all over the summer, big growth spurt. <laughs> have a great weekend, Kylan. Anything else? Are we good? We touched on everything. No, gotta go. All right, thank you, everyone. We'll be back at this. If anything important happens, you will get an emergency podcast. Otherwise, we're back at it Monday. And take care. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.